0: Bonjour, everyone. Today, as last week, there is absolutely no news in the hockey world. So, we'll be focusing primarily on baseball, football, and all that jazz. Uh, I guess the big picture today is the baseball season, how it's panning out. Uh, the Red Sox are not in a playoff spot, and that makes me extremely happy. Uh, the Razor, what are they, second card spot?
1: Oh, last time I checked, they were.
0: You know who's first? Huh? Do you know who's first? Yeah, uh... Uh, That's right, baby. The athletics? Yankees. Okay. Oh, no. so I
1: was talking about wild cards. Oh.
0: No. Well, okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I see, like, all the baseball news happened last week with all the trades and stuff, but uh, we did have a topic I wanted to revisit. Do you remember our argument from last week? Yeah, I do. So, the, uh, the, to, uh, the one ref- that, the one that I won. A quick refresher for anybody who didn't listen or doesn't know. We had a debate last week of if it was a, let's say, fourth and long, you need to score situation, who would you rather have out on the field, Justin Verlander or Nathan Peterman? You can have whatever receiver you like and whatever cornerback you want to have, cover him. We put up a poll for our listeners, and Parker uh, was completely ratioed eight to one. So
1: Yeah, let's open up uh, that poll uh, nationwide. Instead of outside of our friend group.
0: I'm just saying, most people are going to pick Justin Verlander, who has athletic ability. Off
1: of a nine-person sample size. Wow, that's incredible. Ten. That's incredible. Because I didn't vote my own poll. That's not how it works, buddy.
0: Technically, technically, anybody who's smart would go, oh, yeah, the athlete versus the...
1: They're er both athletes. Are they? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: They're both in the top respective... uh, divisions of their sport i mean the highest leagues i should say
0: i mean i guess but like say what
1: you will about nathan Pierman he is still an nfl rosterable quarterback
0: there's i'm sure there's a list of players who've played one game in the nfl let's also not forget that to be in the nfl like you can be a referee and also be a janitor on the side it's not hard to make the nfl in different ways nathan peterman just happened to get on the field Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a terrible player. I'm just saying Justin Verlander would win.
1: Moving. I, uh, speaking of MLB pitchers, uh, Corey Kluber uh, just uh, pitched three innings in his rehab debut with Triple uh, A Columbus, and he should be coming back to the Indians' rotation by the end of the month. I
0: have a feeling you only care about that because he's on your fantasy team. Uh, he's r- been he's
1: been on my fantasy team. Two years in a row, and I love him. I like that you shoehorned that into the conversation. This, is this random pitcher. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, Corey Kluber is not just some random pitcher. He happens to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Bucko. Okay.
0: Okay. The uh, the most interesting thing in baseball this week. Did we talk about the Athletics last week that the, they signed that that random guy off the street? No. I don't know his name, I'll be honest with you. It's probably out there on Twitter. Let's be, it, let us me rephrase that. It. it is out there on Twitter. But there's a random guy. He went to the game at the Athletics. I think it was, I forget that they were playing the Rockies, I think. And he just did the, you know, the pitch meter where you throw and see how fast you can throw. Touch 94, 95, and 95. The Athletics signed him to a real deal. Like, he's in their development program now. So it just goes to show you, sometimes you can be a random person and become an athlete.
1: Yeah, well here's the thing he's gonna be in uh oh will be low a i, I yeah it, it it's a uh, single a and that goes to double a triple a right
0: well it's low a high a single a double a triple a okay M-A, yeah so something so like that so yeah. yeah he's
1: gonna be in low a and if he's lucky he might get into like high a
0: he probably he'll probably be in uh what they call arizona league or fall league or sorry, Arizona Summer League and Fall League for the next, at least year. He's not going to touch any of the development teams for at least a year. You're talking like Tim Tebow levels of preparation here. That guy only played Fall League for his first season. So, I mean,
1: yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> how, how is Tebow doing?
0: You know, honestly, there was a lot of talk about him coming up this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he made the, uh, what do you call it, like the September roster, like the call-ups. I'm not saying he's gonna do anything, but the Mets are in a wild card position. They're one game back as of right now. Wait,
1: wait, they are.
0: They have had one of the best months. I mean, they got Marcus Stroman. They were able to retain Cindergaard. They were able to retain Wheeler and Lugo and all those guys, and now they're on a roll. They're one game back of the Phillies for, I think, the final wild card spot in the NL. They're absolutely in the in the playoff picture, and going back to Tebow. He hasn't been great. Uh, he's apparently got a power stroke. Like, he can hit the ball.
1: So he's a power hitter. Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, I forget. I want to say he's playing a triple A. He is playing a triple A. So he's one step away. He's not terrible. He's probably, at best, a 32-year-old utility man. But that's better than nothing. I mean, I mean,
1: hey, look at Eric Sogard.
0: There's a lot of players you can use as an example. I mean, I, the Mets can use whatever they can take right now. I, I hate to, you know... Yeah, beat uh, down on them. But honestly,
1: <laughs> the only thing the Mets have is their pitching.
0: Uh, no, Pete Alonzo's pretty incredible. Okay, you're right. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil. And, uh, uh... They've got some little bit pieces. Don't, don't, don't they have, like, a first baseman or something who's really good?
0: Uh, they have Dom Smith, but I don't know if he's even up in the MLB anymore. Uh, they, they have a decent team. The Mets are, I think, on paper, better than the Phillies. Like, I look at the Phillies, they have one pitcher that you can count on consistently. They have one hitter you can count on consistently, and that hitter is not Bryce Harper. That's Reese Hoskins. I don't love the Phillies versus Mets if they had to play in a one-game playoff. We'll see. But this is baseball. I mean, just look. The reigning World Series champions are probably going to miss playoffs, which the last time the Red Sox missed was, what, 2008.
1: I mean, a similar thing kind of happened with the Royals, to be fair.
0: Yeah, but you could make an argument that the Royals were at the end of their their good years. Like, they had a very small window. They took advantage of it. The Red Sox are built for now and the future. This is a team that won over 100 games last season.
1: I mean, you just said that they're winning for the now and the future. Uh, this kind of a season might be able to help them for the future with... Uh, how important are high draft picks in a baseball league, in compared? I mean, a baseball draft compared to well, other leagues.
0: Consider the following: baseball has a twenty, what twenty-six round draft. You're talking about thousands of players entering because there's so many levels. Yeah, it's great to be a first round pick. That's where the talent is. But not every first round pick works out. You look at a guy like Malik Smith, or um, oh god, there's so many examples. You look at a guy like Aaron Judge. He was, I think, a the thirtieth pick. I mean, so it's not super hard to find talent. I mean, Mike Trout wasn't the first overall pick. Yeah, Mike, Mike
1: Trout. He was like twenty. He was in the twenties. Twenty-seven 20s. or
0: something like that. Yeah, Mike Trout was a compensation pick from the Yankees for Mark Teixeira. I think it was. I'm not very happy. I still resent that to this oh, you, day. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: you have enough hitters already. Get out of here with that. But
0: going back to your question, I mean, it's not that important. It's like anything. Yeah, it's your odds are better if you have a higher pick. But it comes in your scouting. I mean, are the Red Sox good at scouting? They did just get banned not too recently because of international scouting because they overspent in the uh, international pool. I guess their scouting is good enough to do that. That's not necessarily a good thing, but it means you have eyes on players. So I guess it's better to have a high pick. But again, like I said, it comes down to scouting. Um, And I believe that if what you're saying, this is good because they get to kind of retool, um... They'll probably get somewhere in the mid twenties for a draft pick. That's not terrible. That can get you something you need. They need a closer, and I, oh, a
1: shame! If only they had one that they, they didn't let go.
0: All, all it costs money. I, I mean, there's so how many guys were there out there that were available? Uh, the Braves just picked up a closer. What's his name? Uh,
1: Shane Green. Shane Green.
0: Why would you not trade for him? What did it cost them? A prospect that not like not even a good
1: one. Yeah, they. Yeah, the Detroit didn't really get much back from him and...
0: Castellanos? Yeah. yeah. But Detroit wasn't going to get much for either. Nick Castellanos isn't a great player. He's a good bit player. He's a guy having a good season on any team. He's,
1: he, no, he's actually not having a good season this year. His really? good season was last year. I know, because he's on my fantasy team, and every, and every week it's like, oh, uh, his numbers are really low compared to last year.
0: Yeah, like, he's not... Actually, that
1: might have played into why he didn't get as much uh, well, in the trade. Well,
0: yeah, and you look at he's he's like 29. He's kind of like Nick Marquecas. Like, he's a good utility player. He's absolutely an MLB player. Also on my fantasy team. Yeah, you love your utility guys. <laughs> but he's absolutely an MLB player. Every day? No, but he's, he's a good bench guy. You're not going to pay a price for that. Shane Green, however, is a very underrated closer. More of a setup guy, but he can definitely close games. And look at Atlanta. They got him for nothing.
1: Yeah, he has... Uh, he's one of... He's, like, in the top three for saves right now. He's like, he has, like, 30 something, Which
0: is incredible considering he plays for a team that probably only has 30 save attempts. So <laughs> I can't believe the Tigers even won 30 games. That means at varying points in the season, the Tigers have led at least 30 times, which could you imagine being a team that didn't beat the Tigers?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think it's—that uh, much of a stretch for, a, for an MLB team to be leading 30 times this deep into the season. I mean, I, I get, I get, it, they're bad, but they're not that bad. You know who is bad? The Baltimore Orioles. They are on <laughs> pace. <laughs> I, I saw, this, I saw this stat the other day. Uh, actually, when I was down in Florida, that uh, their pitching rotation has has shattered uh, the record for home runs allowed. Yep. It, it's like they bad. are on
0: pace to break a historic precedent. They're on pace to have what? Uh, I think I'm I'm probably have this wrong, but it's like 357 home home runs hit against them, which is more than a hundred prior. I think the the next most was like the 2016 Reds, and then before that it's like the 1920 something team, which Camden Yards is notoriously a hitter's ballpark, obviously. But they're throwing out literal fans to pitch aside from John Means. Like, could you name one person on the Orioles this year aside from John Means or Chris Davis who's terrible?
1: Andrew Kaschner? Oh, wait, no, he got traded. Yeah,
0: to the Red Sox.
1: Oh, Andrew Kaschner? Uh, uh, yeah, now he sucks
0: there. He, he's always sucked. He just was not as terrible as the rest of the Orioles. That's like comparing garbage just to fire garbage. Like, you're not really giving me much options here. Mm. Uh, the Another interesting Orioles bit is, did you see last night, Chris Davis got into a fight with the manager?
1: He was, <laughs> in, the, he was in
0: the dugout, and Chris Davis, who looks like the Incredible Hulk... Is it needs to be restrained by three guys because the manager, I don't know what the Orioles manager's name is. I'll be honest with you. I don't either. But I don't really know a. the manager He had to be either. restrained, and then at the press conference, they asked this guy that, like, have you talked to Davis since the fight? He's like, no. Isn't that a little problematic? Isn't that a little bit emblematic of the Oral season? <laughs> like, do you remember that Chris Davis had a streak? He was, like, one for 312. Do you remember that? He had he had one about like three hundred.
1: Yeah. Wait wait wait! This is the guy who has like a one hundred batting average with like three hundred batting attempts. Yes. Oh. He had a point twenty seven batting average after last season. Oh. He had
0: I I'm pretty sure the record was like he had a one hit in like two hundred or three hundred bats.
1: That's not very good. <laughs> I don't think I need to be an expert to tell you that. Didn't he used to be good? No. Or, or like, I mean, actually, I I shouldn't say... (laughs) Hold on, I shouldn't say good. That that gets uh, thrown around way too much. Uh, Didn't he used to be mediocre?
0: Mediocre?
1: Yeah, he used to be able to hit home runs. But, like, here's the thing.
0: When you get older and then the people in front of you can't hit the ball, you can't get RBIs. So... He's losing his RBI, and then he's losing his ability to home runs because he's getting older. So now you've just got this big guy who also can't field the ball, who also can't run. You've heard of a five-tool player. Chris Davis is a zero-tool player. <laughs> like, I, I
1: don't understand how he still has a job. Well, no, he, he, he does get one. Strikeouts. He's the strikeout you know king. He
0: is. <laughs> um, if you were in a fantasy league where you count strikeouts as a positive category... You're winning every season if you have Chris Davis.
1: Chris Davis hits two run homer in loss on Friday. He's a little was it, like 127 or something? His bang average is 182. That's high for him. 247 at bats. Last season, his bang average was 168 with 470 at bats. That's what
0: I was looking for, right? Yeah.
1: He's not good. His fielding percentage isn't bad, it's 995.
0: I mean. How many balls are getting hit to the fielders at Orioles Park? Most of the balls are going oh, up up above. <laughs> You're right. You know, that's like saying that the fielding percentage at the home run derby is high. Yeah, I'm sure it's real hard to field the three singles that they hit on accident. Are the Orioles the Edmonton Oilers of, of the MLB? I,
1: I, I think they're worse. I mean, at least the Oilers, they have like a... Superstar. they have they, they have a they have, a, no, they have two superstar well, no, they have a superstar they have an elite guy and they have uh, th- th- like a GM? Two, they have <laughs> two three decent defensemen
0: yeah okay but the Orioles they have one good player and that's Adley Rushman and he's not even there yet I don't think he's their prospect they just drafted he's supposed to be like the next great one he's a catcher and he's absolutely incredible but he's not going to carry the entire team himself. Like, Mike Trout can't even carry a team himself because it's not how baseball works.
1: Yeah, it's not good if uh, your best player is a catcher. Do
0: you remember when the Orioles were in the playoffs and they didn't pitch Zach Britton, and they didn't pitch Zach Britton again, and oh, then I they failed they to pitch him three Britton. innings in a row, and then they lost to the Yankees? I do. Peppered farmer
1: remembers. Wait, do- doesn't, uh, don't the Orioles have... Uh Okay, I, I okay I can't find him. I thought Aaron had him. Uh, I'm searching in fantasy right now to find his name, but I, I can't remember.
0: They don't have Scoop they have Jonathan Villar. That's it.
1: No, no, not him. Someone else. Uh I, I, I don't know his name. I mean they used to have Adam Jones. So they used so to have Scoop First baseman I think. He's uh, like an infielder.
0: They don't have anybody to go to first either. They Oh boy. Yeah, the orals are just not great.
1: Um, What about John Means? Never heard of him until this year.
0: Well, here's the thing. He's not, like, an ace. Like, he's not going to be the future, but he's a good pitcher. Like, I think he's, to the Orioles, like, a 2-3 down the line. Maybe a 2. I I could see him being a 2. But he's not an ace. He's an ace on a terrible team. He is, to the Orioles, what Michael Fulmer was to the Tigers. If you
1: remember that name. But Oh, Trey Mancini. He's the type of guy I saw this on Twitter the other day. I mean, I know last season he was pretty bad, but uh the season before and this season he's playing really good. He's the type of guy that's going to be older by the time they're
0: done and he's like um who's the guy from Kansas City? The uh Alex guy, uh, Alex something. Mondesi? No, that's that's real, that's Alberto honestly. Hold on, I'll look
1: it up. Oh wait, oh jeez. He's uh Yeah, I'm still learning baseball.
0: He reminds me of the guy from Kansas City. I'll find it in one second. Who, like, got older throughout the, rebu- the rebuild, uh, was able to be there when they were good. Alex Gordon? Alex Gordon. He was able to, like, be there when they're good, but he's kind of older. Like, he's not going to be very good for much longer. Trey Mancini will be, like, 31 by the time the Orioles are not bottom of the standings. So, yeah, he'll be around, but he's not going to be Trey Mancini now. And he's not really even that great. Like, he's a good player. He's a. MLB everyday player on a team of double-A everyday players. Uh, you know, I, I noticed a trend here. We like to hate on orange teams. The Oilers, the Orioles, anything that starts with O.
1: <laughs> Bengals? The oh, Bengals wait. are terrible. Wait, okay, I'm sorry, the Bengals don't start with O, obviously, but they are orange. Yeah, or oh, the
0: Oakland Raiders. We like to hate on those, too,
1: which... Uh, apparently, um, one of the... One of the uh, ESPN guys that I follow on Twitter, uh, for some reason, I, I can't remember his name, but he said, keep an eye out on the Oilers. I mean, what the, keep an eye out on the Raiders. And... I I would keep my eye out on them. Apparently, they're better than last year. Which Is that hard? Which isn't saying much.
0: Um, Did you see the thing with Antonio Brown? How he got frostbite because he was at a cryotherapy which is like basically you jump in this big thing and you freeze so you get your muscles relaxed or something and he didn't wear the appropriate foot guard or the hand guards i don't know what the hand guards have to do with it but he has like severe frostbite on his feet and that's why he can't play right now he like his feet are just like a mess
1: oh yeah i saw a Thing on Instagram, on that, and I think I almost threw up.
0: Yeah, it bad. It's, it's really not great for the brand. Um, Oakland, Oakland. I mean, I'm gonna go back to my original statement. I don't think John Gruden's a good coach, I don't think it's gonna matter who they put out there. Uh,
1: Derek Carr's an average quarterback. Um, once again, I'm going back to that Derek Carr back injury. Okay, uh, once he fully recovers from that, he'll be fine, he'll be back to the Old Derek Carr of slinging it, gunning it, playing good.
0: What is the old Derek Carr? The old Derek Carr, you have two old Derek cars You have Derek Carr, non-back injury, who has a...
1: Who was going for an MVP season. Yep,
0: 2016. But,
1: but this was also when Andy Dalton was playing at MVP level, if you remember that.
0: And Joe Flacco.
1: Was he? He was good that season. No, twenty. No, he wasn't. No, last time he was time, good in and around that. Joe time. Joe Flacco. Last time he was good was 2011.
0: Okay. Well, regardless, Derek Carr the next season, in the middle of a non-back injury season, was atrocious. And then he got hurt, and then he didn't recover right, and now here we are with Derek Carr back injury.
1: I was actually just uh, talking about this earlier today, but uh, when you get injuries. Uh, at that level. Um, generally, you sort of get rushed through your rehab so you can get yep. back to playing. But even if you do the rehab exactly right, 100%, uh, whatever you injure is not going to be exactly how it was before.
0: Exactly. We talked about this last time, too, with Aaron Rodgers and his
1: collarbone. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I, you know, do you now that we've done our fantasy draft, now that a lot of the mock drafts have come out, and let's be honest, now that we've had a little bit longer to take a look at the OTAs and stuff, who do you see having a breakout season this year, like a legitimate candidate for a breakout season?
1: Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Really? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Why? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Kyle Shanahan runs a very good NFL offense that's very quarterback-friendly. If you, you look at the quarterbacks that the 49ers had uh, last year. <laughs> uh,
0: like Blaine Gabbert?
1: No, not Blaine. No, no, that was the Kaepernick era. uh. Okay. uh Okay, I can't remember the I can't remember the backup, and I can't remember the third string. But the third string guy played good. The Third string guy played really good. Was it Taylor Heineke? That's Vikings. Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> you can see I know my quarterbacks that well.
1: Yeah, same here. We're more of a kicker podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, last season. After Garoppolo went down, the two quarterbacks I played were C.J. Beathard, who played... Right. He, he, he played okay. He played okay. He didn't play bad, but he played okay. Uh, and then Nick Mullins. I've never even heard of him. Nick, Nick Mullins played really good for the last few seasons. I mean, for the last few weeks when he was starting. And I think that once Garoppolo gets back, you know, he's going to have all those weapons at his disposal. He's going to have Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. Uh, and they have like three... Starting NFL running backs right now
0: They do They have um, Jerick McKinnon um, Is it Tevin Coleman I think plays right now They have Tevin Coleman Jerick McKinnon
1: And then And then the Oh no There's one of them Oh no Uh, I I should know this Because he was on He was on on my fantasy team last year Uh, Matt Breda Matt Breda Yep They have Uh, three (laughs) Starting running backs
0: You know You're right and I, I, you know, that'll take some pressure off Jimmy G. Also, we talked about this you, last time. You
1: know what I think could happen, and I really want to see this happen? Three-head backfield. I want to see it. Well, you can make that work. Like, if you
0: utilize somebody like Jared McKinnon... Kyle
1: Shanahan is a very uh, innovative offensive coordinator. Oh, no, yeah. And oh, now, and head coach. I think and head he, could, coach, yeah. he could make something really well, uh, also, fun happen. Well, also, we
0: talked about this last week, but defense, when they're playing well, gets you some rest, and you know... Like, if, you're, if your offense is rusted, they're going to play better. That defense is scary. Like, they have the Forrest Buckner. They have uh, Nick Watt. Not Nick Watt. What's his name? Uh, Bosa. Nick Bosa? That's his name. They have Nick yeah, Bosa. Yeah, they have Nick
1: Bosa. Chargers have Joey Bosa. They, have uh, they also have Sherman. Don't Rick forget Sherman. about Sherman. Yep. Who used to be the best corner in the league. He's still good. I mean, he's still a very good corner. And th- they just drafted that one a defensive guy. I'm not great um, with draft picks, I, I, but yeah. yeah I, I can't remember so his name 49ers either. 49ers a good team. But like, they have... A decent defense that is definitely going to rush the passer.
0: And that'll get you time off the field for your offense. They'll mm-hmm. be they'll be decent.
1: Yeah, I, th- 49ers are my breakout team for uh, 2019.
0: You know, I look at some of the uh, the quarterbacks, and I, mine's going to be a quarterback as well. I think Josh Allen, because he has some targets there. I'm not a big fan of him personally, but I think he's got what it takes. He's got some good receivers. No, he doesn't. You don't think so? No, he
1: doesn't. His top receiver is Zay Jones. I don't think so. Or, no, John Brown? Yeah, okay. John Brown's good, though. Yeah, he's good. He's not number one.
0: I mean, do the Bills need a number one? I don't... Josh Allen's gonna run the ball, too.
1: Josh Allen reminds me of Jay Cutler, except he can run. I don't... Uh, they, they're both almost... Uh. Almost... The exact same quarterback prospect coming out of college. He has a cannon arm, no accuracy. Yeah, but, like, I don't hate that team. I don't hate them up front. I
0: don't think they're that bad. That
1: offensive line isn't stopping anybody. Uh, None of their running backs are good anymore. Sorry, Lashawn McCoy, I love you, but uh, that offensive line is literally going to cause your knees to explode.
0: He's still a viable option. I mean, it's not like he's terrible. Listen, compared to some of his... Like, his co- cohorts? Like, I look at a guy like... um If
1: anything, I would pick Sam Darnold to have a breakout season over Josh Allen. I don't think like Sam a good
0: quarterback. I'll just put it out there. Yeah, I don't
1: think he's a good quarterback either, and he has a pretty bad coach. But, but I think he's more likely to have a breakout season than Josh Allen. How? He's got Le'Veon
0: Bell. Le'Veon Bell's going to touch that ball four times.
1: Yeah, he has, he has Le'Veon Bell. He has... uh, uh And he has uh, that... Uh, what's his name? Anderson? Oh, yeah, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, uh, Quincy Anunua. Chris
0: Herndon, who's a tight end. Chris Herndon.
1: They have have decent receivers. They definitely have better receivers than the Bills, that's for sure.
0: Also, like one thing I don't like, I'm fairly certain the Jets play out of the shotgun with Sam Darnold. I don't like shotgun formation for a rookie quarterback. You know how hard that is to execute?
1: Well, luckily he is now a second-year quarterback and not a rookie anymore.
0: Let's be honest. Is he really... (laughs) Like, sure, he's not a rookie by name, but he's still a young quarterback. He's a sophomore quarterback in a league where it punishes young players. Like, he didn't play a full season. He played, what did he play, 10 games? Did he? He did not play 16 games. He was not the starter in week one. Oh, yeah. It was. Yeah, week um, one was McCown, I think. Yeah, Josh McCown. He played three or four games. I'm not saying he didn't play like a lot of the season. He just pl- didn't play the full season. He didn't get to play a divisional matchup. He I don't think he played the Patriots. I think he played them once. He didn't play them both times. You're talking about a guy who's coming into a fresh team with a new running back, one of the best running backs in the league, he's not gonna he's not gonna have that many chances a game to throw the ball. He's gonna get twenty opportunities. Yeah, maybe. well the
1: times he's the chances he's gonna have to throw the ball are going to be a lot better than the chances last year because the defense is just going to be stacking the box. Well, so that's going to be single coverage across the board.
0: Look at that division, though. they got to play the Patriots. Do you want to play the Patriots twice a year?
1: No, but we always beat them once a year.
0: We thought it was last time. Uh, you know, another guy I, I don't hate is Josh Rosen. Apparently, he's been really good.
1: No. Mm,
0: you don't like Josh Rosen? Jo- jo- okay.
1: I love Josh Rosen. I think he's great. But I think his confidence... Is completely shot because of his time at the Cardinals. Who who wouldn't be though? Like who, who really I mean, wouldn't be that, that coaching staff, I, I can't say it's enough. That coaching staff was so bad. How do you not know how to use David Johnson? He has to be the <laughs> easiest running back to use in offense. Are you like, come on? Um
0: I you know, I guess we'll see. It's but one of those things, Anyways, like-
1: uh Ryan Fitzpatrick has been leading the quarterback competition. Josh Rosen's had a few good practices, but right now, uh, from what I've been reading, it's really a grown man versus a child right now.
0: It's Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah, but here's here's the thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's played on like fifteen different NFL, no, like nine different NFL teams. Yeah, uh, he's seen every offense ever. So. Well, okay, not every offense ever, but he's seen enough different offenses that he's able to pick up the playbook a lot quicker than someone like Rosen who's seen uh, zero NFL-caliber offenses. Because I am not counting that uh, Mike McCoy garbage dumpster fire he was learning in Arizona.
0: I will take Josh Rosen having seen half of an NFL playbook over Ryan Fitzpatrick's mediocre. I played two games, uh, two games a season that are actually not trash. And that's it. I, listen, I'm a big Ryan Fitzpatrick guy. I, I, I stand players who are career journeymen. I loved his little bit last year with the necklace and the sunglasses when he was flying <laughs> Magic with the Buccaneers. I love that stuff. But when it gets down to it, he's a backup. He's not a starter. He's uh, There's a reason he's played for 9 and 4 teams, because he's not a franchise changer. At some point, the Dolphins are going to be... 0 and 4, 1 and 4, something like that. They're gonna go. Okay, we we can't be that much worse. Let's just hand the ball to Josh Rosen. See what happens. If he fails, he fails.
1: But yeah, but I really like Josh Rosen coming out of college, and I'm glad that he has a chance to actually play for the Dolphins. I don't think he's gonna stick around. I really think uh, the Dolphins are gonna end up tank drafting. Tank for Tua. Yeah, they're gonna tank. T- they're gonna tank for Tua. We'll see. And. Uh, yeah, because honestly, I don't see how he's gonna succeed this season. There's one way. I've always been high on
0: Devontae Parker. I don't think no, he's an elite receiver. No, he's not, but no, he's he's no, a good no. speed threat. And if you can,
1: no, he's not. When he doesn't even get on the field, and when he does get on the field, he gets like three catches for 20 yards. I think Devontae Parker,
0: if given the option, will be good. Also, how do you not like Devontae Parker? You a,
1: share a name. He's. We've had five seasons with him. And each season, it's the exact same thing. He dominates in training camp. August rolls around, gets a leg injury, gets an arm injury, (laughs) gets any sort of injury. Season gets on. Oh, he's going to play a game, sit out for three. Play another game, sit out for four. Or he'll play three games. Report comes out, oh, Devontae Parker's playing injured. Oh.
0: I feel like you're not giving Devontae Parker a chance.
1: He is a first-round pick who's supposed to be a number one receiver. He is not a number one receiver. He's had four seasons now to show that he could be the guy, and he hasn't. Okay. W- 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 what's he good at? Contested balls? No. Could he stay on the field? No. Could he run fast? Not anymore. Hey, listen, but in the red zone, he, he he's got hands. No, he doesn't. Proven. No, he doesn't. He's proven. I, I've watched this guy for four years. You
0: haven't had a quarterback in five years. <sighs>
1: <laughs> okay, you got me there.
0: <laughs> um, listen, I don't want to get too hung
1: up on this, but there's... also the Dolphins just signed Robert Kimdichi. Now, sure you remember him? He used to be the was he a ol- former first-round pick. He, yeah, he was former first-round pick of the Cardinals, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and uh, he used to play for Old Miss. He used to be their star uh, defensive lineman.
0: I'm sure he'll be great with the Dolphins.
1: I mean, hey, at this point, we're just grabbing players who have a mo- who have like the slightest hand of talent. Like we just grabbed Alan Hearns, who used to be the number two receiver in Jacksonville. Remember
0: he was good for one
1: season. Yeah.
0: And th- that was it. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, and there's like these there's like these two other like former first round picks the Dolphins picked up. If any of these guys pan out, that's a win. Honestly. We'll see. I think Alan Hearns has a chance to succeed. We'll me, see. Me too. I like Alan Hearns. But the thing is that the Dolphins are kind of deep at receiver. But, but they don't have, like, Dolphins don't have a number one guy, but they have a bunch of number twos. Kenny Stills, uh, Jakeem Grant. I love Jakeem Grant.
0: How fitting that the Dolphins have a bunch of number twos when they are number
1: two. <laughs> their number, what? what? It's, a, it's a joke. Wait, what do you mean by their number two? They're number four in the elite, in the division. But, yeah. You Whew, right over your head, yeah. Moving on, yeah. Um, so with OTAs
0: over and now training camp, there's only no news. Uh, aside from Baker Mayfield shotgun to beer at the Indians game, you see that?
1: Yeah. Apparently everyone can, except Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh well.
0: I don't know why we have so much Aaron Rodgers here in this podcast, but. You know, listen, it's like, be Baker Mayfield. That's oh, yeah, so uh,
1: speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady just signed a two-year extension. That's like worth $70 million or something like that. What but, do you have left to but, prove? But the, the deal's set up as two uh, first-year deals. So it's pretty much like, while he signed a two-year extension. It's like once the, the year is up, he needs to uh, renew that contract each year. So so for a single minute, Tom Brady will be a free agent. At the end of this season, for a single minute, well, technically, but we all know he's going to resign with the Patriots.
0: He's not going anywhere else. Yeah. Um. I guess moving on, there's not a lot of hockey news. There is some news. Um. Do you think Mitch Martin is going to be a Turtle Maple Leaf but uh, at the start of training camp? For for preference, that's about three weeks away.
1: Okay. Yeah. Not for training camp.
0: Do you think he's going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf for the regular season? Uh,
1: I think at some point in the regular season he's going to come back. I think it might be uh, might be the same situation as last year with with uh,
0: With yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. There was a small trade, and people got all up in arms because that's what they do. That the Leafs traded for former Leaf David Clarkson. You saw this,
1: I'm sure. Oh yeah. And what, what they were trying to do with that is because David Clarkson he's on like long term uh, RTL. something IR. like that. And they're doing that so that they could put him on theirs and that would give them like extra cap They money. get
0: extra cap space so that if this drags up to December, it's not a cap overage on them, essentially. It's some convoluted cap working, which, as I, I don't know if I pointed this out on the show, their, one of their AGMs, I think it's Lawrence Gilman, actually wrote the CBA. He co wrote it. So they have this guy who co wrote the CBA that they know how to work around. I think Mitch Marner... I've been banging the drum that he's going to get traded for a while. I genuinely believe he'll, he'll be back with the Leafs. And I think that's because you look at the way the team is right now. They're always together. Like Matthews, Nylander, Marner. They're always like spotted together. They hang out in the off season. Why would you break that up? How
1: far apart could the Leafs actually be? I think they'll get it done. I mean... Brian Boyle used to be very heavily involved with the Tampa Bay community, and then he got traded. That's a
0: little different. Brian Boyle, no offense, is not a franchise changer. Mitch Marner is. Yes, he is. (laughs) Mitch Marner on the Toronto Maple Leafs, I've heard arguments. I wouldn't make this argument, but apparently people think he's the best player, which there is definitely an argument to be made. Uh, My big thing with the Leafs, I hate that they're portraying Marner as this untouchable player like he's the best because Matthews doesn't back check as hard or well,
1: he's hurt well first off i Matthews is the best player on that I team, think Boston so. Matthews is the
0: best player one of the top five in the league but that's just me also I hate to say it and listen I'm not a Leafs fan but I think Willie Milander is better than Mitch Marner I think Mitch Marner is good I don't I think you know i I think he's great I don't know that he is the best player I or think, even the second best player. I think
1: Tavares is better than him.
0: Tavares? Morgan Riley? Like, I'd take four uh, of the Leafs I over I wouldn't him. say Morgan Riley. I don't know how you could. He's probably going to be the captain. Which, speaking of new captaincies, did you see that Dylan
1: Larkin might take over? I'm excited to see that for the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. They've been needing uh, a real captain. Since like, And honestly, Henrik Zareberg was a very good one. So yeah. filling in uh, for him is really hard, but I think Larkin could do it. For sure. I think,
0: I mean, Larkin's the future of that team. He's one of the best centers in the league. He's probably the best player they've had since who oh, Datsuk retired even well, this prime. The Red Wings are getting there,
1: and this is
0: the tipping point. We'll see. Um,
1: there was some more news. Uh, Tampa just signed uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Which I like it. I, me too. I mean, say what you will about Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, people were saying, oh, he was only good when uh, he was with uh, Petrangelo with the Blues, and he was good when he was on the stacked blue line with the Capitals. And I'm like, okay, guess what Tampa Bay has? A stacked blue line. He'll fit in just fine. And see, he's good at one thing, thats power play. How many teams
0: in the NHL could sign a guy... Just to play the power play, probably like five. And the lightning are one of them. He can play third pairing a lot of the minutes a night and play power play. And that's it. And he'll succeed. He'll be good enough. He'll be basically what Justin Schultz does. He'll be good enough to succeed there. The yeah, Rangers and,
1: couldn't afford him. And honestly, I think Shan Kirk is a ver- would make a very good third pairing guy. Yeah, because I mean, that's a lot of peak, our, but like a lot of our teams would put him on like the second pairing, which or even can't the first play anymore. Right, you can't do any more, but you still do third pairing. I mean,
0: he'll, he'll, he'll be playing with who? Like, Eric Schernak, maybe? Maybe. Which, I mean, that's fine. That's a pretty good power, pairing. Power play, you're covered by Stamkos, Headman, Kudrov, and probably Point. You're fine. I don't think he's going to have any issues. And adjusting, Jake John Cooper's apparently got a really easy system to run. It seems that they just run the base 3-2. I don't think that'll be hard. Um, The only thing I do see being a problem for him is Tampa Bay plays really... Loose. So, like, they play fast. If, let's say, he is with Chernak, or really anybody in the decor.
1: Yeah, he's more or less taking over for Girardi. Right, but here's the or thing. Or Strawman, because Strawman's gone too.
0: Which, here's the thing with Girardi. Girardi was a stay at home defenseman for the most part, except on varying occasions, he'd jump up because it's a good shot. But he, even towards the end of his career, he played stay at home. He kind of backed up that team. Kevin Shattenkirk's not going to sit back and watch, like, He's going to get caught sometimes. It's just who he is. He's an offensive defenseman. I don't like the idea of Kevin Shattenkirk in a seven-game series against a team that takes advantage of that. Like put him against a team like let's say uh, they're on the up and coming, the Flyers, okay? If the Flyers, who already play physical and who attack very well on on weak defenses, take advantage of that, you're looking at something similar to last year. Like Kevin Shattenkirk's going to be great in the regular season where you can cover for that but playoff time might be different.
1: Yeah, well, then you could uh, shuffle the You could also around. run
0: seven defensemen. Not unheard of. Um, I don't know if there's much more in the way of, like, retirement news. There was a couple things that came out, but, like, nothing
1: nothing huge. Aren't are there a few uh, free agents that are still unsigned? Patrick Laine, Mitch Marner, well, Reardon bes- Point. Well, besides the RFAs, RFAs. did... Uh, that defenseman from Toronto get signed yet?
0: Jake Gardner? Yeah.
1: No, and I don't understand why.
0: Like, he's a, like any team should be jumping at the bit to get him. <clears throat> he's a everything defenseman. He's great in the regular season, and he's for the most part, he's good in the playoffs. He's just had two bad plays that just happening to get highlighted because he plays in Toronto. Like, there are plenty of players who have bad plays in the playoffs. Sidney Crosby had a bad play this year that cost a goal. It's not like he's a bad player. And how much is he asking for? This reminds me a lot of the Cody Fronson signing. You remember that back in the day? Cody Fronson had a 50-point season, and he became a free agent. Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him. And then he took a, like a league min deal. And now Cody Fronson is in the KHL, I think. Well, last time he played was with the Kings. I don't understand why teams are paying people like Jack Johnson or Eric Goodbranson or... Steve Santini to play when you can have Jake Gardner
1: oh oh geez if the devil sign him again <laughs> give Ray Shiro GM of the year already and here's the thing the devils aren't even a
0: Stanley Cup favorite because they don't have a goalie but they're still a Stanley Cup favorite because they have everything else I don't think I've heard of a team doing that in recent memory
1: yeah, all they need is Schneider to get back to form, and they'll be fine. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too long ago where he was one of the best goalies. Well, <laughs> hold on, let me rephrase that. He used to be one of the most underrated goalies in the league.
0: Well, we talked about this last time. He had a hip injury. Yeah,
1: he has no groin.
0: Yeah, no hip, no groin. You can't play.
1: We'll see. Also, Justin Williams and Patrick Marleau are unsigned. I know they're a bit on the older side, but they're still. Patrick really... Marleau's gonna
0: retire. They're what? Patrick Marleau's retiring. Of I know. Is he? And that was the big thing because he got traded to Carolina and then Carolina bought him out, free, which is part of the deal. And then he's going back to San Jose either to take a Legman deal or to retire. So I don't know which one it's going to be yet. I think he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to retire because his wife, who's very active, posted a photo of like him and Austin Matthews the other day just hanging out. And it was like a very sad post. And it was like, I don't think he's coming back. He's 39, he's past his prime. Just go back to San Jose, get your jersey, and retire. Um, there was, did you see the thing about Paul Fenton? So, apparently, like, the uh, wild fired Paul Fenton over the last week or so, if you didn't see that. He made a lot of questionable moves as the GM. Um, one of the Minnesota reporters, one of the lead reporters from Minnesota, was on a different podcast recently, and he talked about how, allegedly, of course, this is air quotes. Paul Fenton, when he got to Minnesota, disregarded the analytical staff. He called them the experts with air quotes around it. He didn't care what they had to say. He didn't care what they had to say about the Rask deal when, at the time when Victor Rask was a terrible pickup and how trading the leader-, leader was bad. He didn't care about any of that. And then apparently they went to a conference so that they can, like, like, a, like a personnel-wide conference, and he didn't invite either the analytical player uh, team this is a guy who disregarded a big part of his thing. And say what you do about the advanced stats community. I know not everybody adopts the whole Corsi, Fenwick, the, the the shots, the Prussian stats.
1: I think it has a place, but I don't think it should be. It's not the like only an, thing. It, it shouldn't be the commanding right. thing. I think it provides, like the the way that I look at uh, Corsi and all that stuff is if you're looking at two players, who are almost identical. That's when you look at the Corsi stats, right? Or if you're looking at two players that are like within a ballpark of each other, or
0: let's say your team who needs to pick up a guy who's good at suppressing shots or good at keeping shots out of his own end, you look at those kind of stats. You don't need to look at the advanced numbers for every player because I'm sure, aside from like McDavid and Crosby and a couple others, how many players are perfect players? Probably not many. It's not fair to say that it's the only thing you should count on, but you should take some look into it and if you don't why are you spending money on an analytical department i like that's just dumb
1: wasn't that victor rask trade for nino niederreiter
0: yeah and it was widely despised the second it happened because niederreiter was a advanced stats darling and even less than that he was a good player
1: not only that he's a solid point producer and he's a younger guy one of the younger guys on the wild
0: and victor rask is is signed at five years for five million dollars why? He, Why would you take that on? Was
1: is, was he even on anyone's fantasy team this season? I don't
0: think he's on anybody's real I, life team. I like. think I, <laughs> I think
1: I drafted him, but then I dropped him like almost immediately.
0: He's not, and it's not that he's a bad player. He's a fourth liner, making five billion dollars. It's not a good deal. Oh. Just simply not a good deal. You, trade for, you know, I love the old adage. Oh, you know, the analytics, they can't measure grit and they can't measure heart. Yeah, you know what they can measure? A $5 million player who's a fourth-line grinder. That's what they can measure.
1: <laughs> they can't measure grit. Well, is that what the Oilers told themselves every <laughs> night when they were this, playing? Is, is uh Peter Shirley
0: running that Twitter?
1: <laughs> like, is that what they were saying every night when they were playing? What's his name?
0: Yeah. Uh, Milan Lucic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Bah. Oh, yeah. That... Oh, yeah. Did we talk about that trade? We uh, didn't. Lucic and- for Neal. I like this for both This for both sides. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I don't hate it because the Flames are going to put Neal and Lucic on the fourth line where he belongs. And it's fine. He's overpaid, but it's fine. And James Neal is going to play with a person who can play hockey, and probably score 20 goals.
1: Like, I don't hate this deal for either side. Yeah, I think Neil could actually be on the first line with McDavid. He deserves it. He
0: won one bad year on a team that can't score, like with him. For some reason, he didn't click with Monahan and Gaudreau. That's fine. You get to play with Conor McDavid, or Leon Draisaitl or Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. You've got three options now. And then Lucic gets to play with who cares? Because if you're playing a fourth line, He's yeah, he'll probably still get to play time with the first line every now and again against tougher teams. That's fine. I don't mind that deal. The Flames have money to burn. Burn it. Um, there was a very interesting thing that came out of Edmonton this week. Did you see the whole Puyarvi situation? Uh-oh. Continue. So Jesse Pugliarvi wanted out of Edmonton when Peter Shirley was in charge. I don't blame him. Well...
1: He should be in the he... NHL already.
0: Here's the thing. Peter Schulte got fired. They cleaned house. Now you've got Ken uh, Hitchcock. Not Ken Hitchcock. Um, who's the Red Wings old guy? Ken Holland. He, he takes over. Wanted to give Poolyarvi a clean slate. Poolyarvi said he's staying in Finland until he gets traded. So you're not going to give the new regime a chance. You're probably going to play in the NHL because Ken Holland likes his younger players. Ken Holland's not a bad GM. And you're going to have a better coach. So, I don't understand why you're just burning that bridge. Like, for all intents and purposes, you already got traded to a new team. It's a new Oilers team. I understand maybe you don't like the city, maybe you don't like the fans, whatever. That's fine then. But to stay in Finland and just not play, you're ruining your own chance. If you want to play in Finland, just stay there permanently then. Yeah, I don't get it. And Puliarvi, to to the Oilers' credit, has not proved himself in the times he has played. I love Jesse Puliarvi when he got drafted. Back when Pierre-Luc Dubois, people were like, "Why are we picking him over P- Jesse Plewrv?" Now we know Pierre-Luc Dubois has more goals in the NHL than Jesse Plewrv has games. But that's saying something about both parties. Then I don't get it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. I, I didn't know about that. Uh, that's kind of bad. Yeah. I mean, if I was Plewrv, I would have given uh, Holland the chance because he should have told him that he was going to be playing. Right. Well.
0: I'm sure he said he's going to give him a chance at training camp. Like You're not going to go like, hey, Jesse, I'm going to give you an energy spot right now. I'm sure he's like, hey, come to training camp. They had discussion with the agent and the player. They, For all that, the purposes, it sounded like they said, listen, we're going to give everybody a, a fresh chance. Come play. If you make the roster, you're you're going to be good if you're going to make the roster. I don't know that Jesse Pujarvi has work ethic. I think we talk about players a lot who don't have work ethic. You've heard it with Patrick Laine. You've heard it with Ovechkin when he was younger. The difference is those two players are proven. Jesse Puljarevi is not. I I don't know. We'll see. It's very reminiscent of the Niall Yakupov
1: situation. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Where is he now?
0: The KHL. Do you have you heard the, K- the Niall- Why they drafted Yakupov? Grit. Can you do me a favor while I'm telling the story? Can you look up the draft class of Niall Yakupov was in 2012, I think. Just look up Niall Yakupov. So. Uh, there's a story that's pretty well accredited That when the player
1: They drafted him over Philip Forsberg Jacob Truba And oh. Alex Galchenyuk
0: So here's the thing So that draft was good That was what, 2012?
1: 2013?
0: 20. 2012 Okay, so that draft The reason that they drafted Nal Yakupov Was that apparently They made the decision to pick him over the other players Because he When he came to visit the uh team owner's house in Edmonton he played NHL on the uh, like the video game with one of the Oilers' owner's sons and he's like oh he's got a great character we're going to draft him for his character and that's why they took him over Jake Truba and Galkinuck You're, You're kidding Nope this is a very well accredited oh, thing <laughs> Oh geez. you can look up the story it's very
1: well known Okay apparently Zemgus Girgensons was an NHL all-star He was Zamgus Gargensen Interesting The heart of Latvia I still like him I, I love him <laughs> I love his name <laughs> uh, Let's see here Uh, Tom Wilson 16th overall Interesting That's a good pick Ooh Vasilevsky 19 Thomas Hurdle 17 I'm surprised he hasn't been an all-star yet This is 2013 2012 Thomas Hurdle? Yeah 2012
0: Okay then Feels like he's been around a lot shorter than that but, you know, uh, that was a good draft. It, like after a bunch of terrible drafts.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the fifth round right now, and there's a bunch of good players in here like uh, Colin Miller, uh, Alex Kerfoot, Connor Hellebuck.
0: You know, I like to play a little game. Um, do you is there any draft class you can name the top five picks from? Besides this past year. <laughs> uh, the,
1: the McDavid one I know was McDavid and then Eichel, and then the third was...
0: Uh, I, uh, yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay. It's not coming to me. Pretty sure the third pick was Mitch Marner first. Oh, sorry, no, it was McDavid, Eichel, Dylan Strom, Mitch Marner, and then I forget who was next. Dylan
1: Strom. Oh,
0: him. Um, there is a draft I can name. The 2005 NHL draft... It was, it was that in the two thousand three draft were good. I remember the two thousand five draft. It was like Sidney Crosby. I think it was Jack Johnson. was the next pick? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh. Close. He was third. Third. Who was second? Wait, wait, don't tell you.
1: Second was Pat Kane. No, who? Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Bobby Ryan. Forgot about him. Let's do a little bit of hockey. Number trick. four is Benoit Poyot. Oh, my God. And then five is Carey Price. Okay, and here's the thing. Have you ever heard the clip about Mark Carey? Stahl was 12th overall. Have you heard the clip what? from
0: Carey Price at that draft? No. Pierre Maguire has this infamous clip from the draft. I encourage you to listen to it. When they make the Carrier Price pick, he goes, I don't understand this pick at all. They have Yondonis. They have uh, somebody, I forget his name, but he, he's big on Yondonis. Da- he's like, they just picked up Yondonis. I don't understand why they take Carey Price. I don't get this pick at all. It doesn't make any sense. And that was the pinnacle of Pierre Maguire's career. So forever, Pierre Maguire, Jan Donis, and Kerry Price are interlinked, and it's it's just the funniest clip I've ever seen. Um, that was a good draft, but two thousand six was good too. That was, that was that was a Pat Kane draft. I always get those two mixed up. Actually, that was in two thousand seven. Now that I think about it, I
1: I I, I follow drafts too much. But you are uh, what are you what are you typing in over there? I'm typing in Pierre McGuire, why did they draft Cary Price, but then it just popped up, why did they draft the Mayflower Compact? <laughs> like, what the what the hell, Google?
0: Oddly enough, Pierre McGuire, old enough to commentate that. <laughs> I'll show you the clip later. Um, All right. Let me do a little bit of trivia with you, okay? Let's play some hockey trivia.
1: No, I don't know the exact pick Brad Richards was, but I know he was third round.
0: All right, hockey trivia time for Daft Picks. So, do you know the last time a Conn Smythe winner like a goalie. When was the last time that a goalie won the Conn Smythe and did not win the Stanley Cup? What year, what team, what player? I'll give you a hint. Carey Price. No. He didn't win. Well, I'll give you a hint. He has to make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, it was in the 2000s. Uh, oh,
1: oh, uh he he played for the Ducks. He did. He played for the Ducks uh 2006. 2003. 2003. He, I, I forget. He had like a 950 save percentage. It was something nuts. I can't remember his name. I know it was with the Ducks. It was J.S. Jaguar. Yep. And that was
0: the last time a goalie won the Cron Smith without winning the cup. So that was our little bit of hockey trivia for the day. Um, I don't know if there's, there's. See, here's what we do in the off season because we don't really have much else to do. Like. There is one thing I want to talk about today to get kind of off of hockey. Who
1: wants to guess what the worst team in the league is going to be?
0: Oh, that is a good idea. Well, it's, who's going to wear the goat horns this year? Who's, wait, Who what? You never heard that thing? Who's going to wear the goat horns? No. Okay, it's like who's going to be the bad.
1: Oh, you're waiting for an answer. Oh, uh, uh yeah, I'm waiting for oh. the answer to the question uh, you asked. Hmm. <laughs> it, uh, I, I think... Uh, Maybe the. I feel like it's someone in the Pacific. Because I, Maybe oh, the kings, oh the kings, yeah, kings, the kings. I, they, they're not good. Who's your pick for the wagon? Like, who's your wagon pick? Wagon pick. Have you ever heard
0: of a wagon pick?
1: Uh, well, bandwagon.
0: Yeah. Like the coyotes. Leaves? I'm the Coyotes, that, like, Paul Bissonnette loves to say that the, the Yotes are a wagon. They are
1: a wagon. I think they'll be all right. Well, of course it'd be a wagon. They have 20 fans. I mean, anything, wow. anything would be a wagon. I actually, don't. Uh, Florida Panthers, I think they could be a wagon. Oh! They're so in the same position. So you're on board
0: with my pick for 160 points.
1: Um, they're not getting 160 <laughs> points. you both. They're getting maybe 100.
0: Listen. I stand by my pick. There, uh, there is one sport that we haven't talked about today, and that is the sport with the most news that we don't talk about a lot for obvious reasons. I would like to get into the EPL, the English Premier League transfer window. Are, are, do you think you have what it takes to get through this?
1: Yeah, just lead the way.
0: Okay. So today, for those of you who don't know, because I'm sure there's a good majority that listen don't, that don't know, it was the transfer window closure in the English Premier League. Um, The Italian one closes in, like, two weeks. The Spanish one closes in, like, three weeks. And the American one closed yesterday. So, today was the big one, though. Because today is, like, you know, the EPL is probably the most watched one for casual fans. There was a lot of moves. We have uh, David Luiz going from Chelsea to Arsenal, which was a really big one. We had... Tenge and Domblay, who came over to the Spurs, now joined alongside by Giovanni La Celso. that's a big pickup. Ryan Sessegnon moves from uh, moves from Fulham to Tottenham. We also have a very we had a very big rumor that Paulo Dybala was going to leave Juventus and come play for either Spurs or Banu. That is null and void because of image rights. Uh, I'm kind of just rolling through the pickups, but if at any point you feel like commenting, by all means. I
1: know uh, Eden Hazard. And uh, Antoine Griezmann uh, went to different teams, too. Well,
0: Aiden Hazard went to Real Madrid. Uh, he scored a howler yesterday of a goal. Howler of a goal.
1: The, he, only, the only reason I know Hazard's because because uh, Belgian team. He's like yeah, the only Belgian player I I, I knew
0: it. I'm surprised <laughs> you know who Antoine
1: Griezmann is. Uh, he killed Croatia's World Cup
0: dreams. He did. He did. The Frenchman. He's, he's, he's good. Uh, he moved to... Oh, he, he left Atletico. I forget who he moved to.
1: Uh, Barcelona. Oh, he did move to
0: Barcelona. That's right. Um, Malcolm leaves Barcelona, and he goes to uh, Zenit in Russia. That's a big one. Sticking more with the EPL, as I was saying, though. The, there was a lot of big transfers. The biggest one, for sure, is Harry Maguire leaving Leicester and going to uh, Manchester United. They needed a center half. He will provide that for them. He'll be... He actually won 78% of his headers. Do you know who won the second most headers in the league? I don't know why I'm asking this. Like, not um, like you know. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> he's a center back. Plays for Liverpool.
1: <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's
0: uh, Netherlands. If that helps you at all.
1: Uh, I was going to say Madrid, but he's not uh. in isn't even the
0: EPL. Uh, oh. I don't know. It's Virgil like. Um, Yeah, I don't know who that is. We'll get. I have. I have a soccer. Oh, pick. remember
1: the Netherlands used to be really
0: good. They're going to be really good again. Good. We'll get to that because I. I know international. We're going to get to international very shortly. I just want to run through a few more of these signings. Um, there was. The the biggest one for me personally to watch, even though I'm a Spurs fan, was Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku, who you should know from the Belgian team, went from Man United to Inter Milan. That was a very big one, and. Listen, I can go through all the transfers. It's not really worth it. The one that you're going to know, and the one that most of our fans would know, is Wayne Rooney. You know who Wayne Rooney is? Name sounds familiar. He played, He's a Man United legend. He came to the MLS last year. His family was unsettled playing for DC United. So he's joining um, Derby County on loan at the end of January as a player coach. So that's a little interesting. Um, player coach? Yes. At the time of recording, too, not all the transfer sheets were filled out, uh, at least not updated, so I can't tell you everybody who got picked up today, but there was quite a few big-name transfers, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Arsenal was a big big winner today, selling Alex Iwobi. A uh, big loser today. I don't think there really was a loser. There was a lot of good pickups by the teams. I think Spurs were in contention for, big, for a big winner, um, and probably the best team as far as transfer-wise was uh, Aston Villa. They transferred for 11 players, so they have an entire new team now, which is very surprising. We'll see. Uh, EPL, we're going to have a little more EPL talk um, in a couple weeks, once the season kicks off. But for now, sort of to gear towards what Parker knows and what everybody else will know, let's talk some international World Cup, shall we? you have any predictions for the next World
1: Cup? I wonder who he's going to (laughs) say. I think it could be uh, it's really weird I I don't know how to do a prediction because it really depends on how the seeding goes because it could be completely different but uh, I would I would keep an eye out on Germany obviously I'd also keep an eye out on Spain Spain's usually average I'm not the biggest fan of Spain but I can't deny their effectiveness Um, I'd also keep an eye out on Belgium Belgium's always good. And the Netherlands could say they're going to be good again. And I remember uh, a couple of World Cups ago where it's like they were always like in the top four.
0: Well, they had, I believe, um, I'm probably going to butcher one of these guys, e- either Rud Jalit or Rud van Nistelrooy. They were both very good players in their day, and they got played play for the Netherlands. Now they've got Donny van de Beek. They've got um, Matthias Dalit, who's very good.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. Keeping out in France, too.
0: France is the sure bet to win, but, I mean, looking at the international stage, I, I it, it's really hard to bet against France, but at the same time, I don't hate England's team. Now, I'm a little biased because they have seven of the Spurs players, being a uh, Hotspur fan myself, but I could see England doing some damage. They were almost there last time. I don't hate their chances. I also don't hate Germany, like I said, or like you said, Germany's a team to watch for. It really depends on who retires from now on, too. Because look at Team Croatia. Like, will Modric be there? Will he retire from international play? I
1: think Croatia's window's closed. I think uh, two thousand and eighteen was the year to do it. Yeah, we'll and see. I mean they couldn't. I mean that was literally the biggest collection of talent Croatia's ever had. Uh, I'm not uh, Modric, uh, Rakitic, uh, Perisic. Uh, Manzukic, I mean. Subasic? Subasic. Yeah. We'll see. Subasic had a good World Cup. He's not he, a great goalie, though. He he had a good World Cup. He's not even the starter for his team anymore
0: on Monaco. He's like the backup, which is not great. Yeah, he,
1: he retired from uh, Croatia, too. And so did Manzukic. So let's think. Two of those players from that list are already gone. Uh, Madrid's going to be like 35. Rakitic is going to be in his early to mid 30s. He's already like 33. Is he? Wait, who you said Rakitic? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was like twenty nine, I think. Okay, yeah, so it'd be like thirty something. Uh yeah. Perisic, I think, is the older one.
0: They're 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 not young. They're not yeah, young. like
1: like I said, this was their window. Mm-hmm. And uh like a lot of the, uh the younger ones growing coming up, like uh, Brazovic, yeah, they're good, but they're not they're not these guys. Right. I mean their only notable
0: prospect that I can remember too is like Mateo Kovacic. And he'll be oh yeah, Kovacic, 26. yeah
1: he, Yeah, he he had a Decent World Cup for the the chances that he had.
0: Well, and here's one more thing to sort of um, tie up the uh, soccer talk. Because, like I said, this isn't something we're going to get into today. We're going to have a guest on in a few weeks who's going to know a little bit more about this. We'll talk about that more in depth. Sort of how the EPL is going to kick off. The German Bundesliga. But one player that you might know. Have you ever heard of Christian Pulisic?
1: He's the... American, right, who has uh, Croatian and Swedish ancestry, so he could really play for any of the three national teams or something like that? No, but he is the American.
0: Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Christian Pulisic. not that he listens to the show, but congratulations to Christian Pulisic. Um, He just his loan deal just expired. He was on loan from Borussia Dortmund from last season. Borussia sold him on loan with the option to buy, essentially, to Chelsea. He goes to the EPL, moving from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, He's a Hershey native, from Pennsylvania, so we got to give him a shout-out. He's a great young player. He's the future of the midfield uh, for Team USA when we finally figure out how to beat Trinidad and Tobago. I just wanted to give a uh, big congratulations to him because he's going to have a chance to, st- to star with Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I'm an idiot. I had him mixed up with Ibrahimovic. Oh, Zlatan? I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh. Two very different players. I know, but it's just I, I knew... uh. There was one player who realistically could play for three national teams, and that was uh, Zlatan, I guess.
0: Probably, yeah. While well, well, like, uh, well,
1: this one, he has Croatian ancestry, but he's playing for the U.S. team, um, which I is a shame. Because if we had both of them on Croatia, we would have beaten France. Okay then.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, I think that's about it in the world of sports. I mean, there's. N- <laughs> There's not a whole lot going on. This us see. This is what we call the Daftic Summer because we kind of skip around. I mean, we're primarily a hockey podcast, but there's not much yeah, yeah, to talk pr- about.
1: Primarily hockey and baseball.
0: But, like, there's so little happening in every sport because it's the start of training camp or baseball is boring now until the playoffs because everybody's kind of just fighting for a spot. We'll have our regular guests back for football season and hockey season. We'll get back into the normal talk. Um... One last thing I wanted to plug was, Parker, you have a new project as well, correct? The NEPA Beer Boy? New new
1: product. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I started a beer blog. A lot of the inspiration is just like a lot of it's really just me uh, keeping track of the fancy beers that I drink. But it's also to sort of help sort of open up people to uh, beers that they probably haven't heard of before. A lot of the stuff that I drink is Belgian stuff. So, like, uh, Belgian triples, doubles, uh, wheat beers, that kind of stuff. And I really got into this from my sensei, who's a beer connoisseur. So, again, a lot of it's just for me to remember the stuff that I drink, because sometimes I'll forget because there's just a lot of it. <laughs> but it's also to help other people discover this stuff, too. It's a lot of fun, and I enjoy it a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad to see
0: a, a new project. It's, you know, it's This is the best place to announce it because, you know, we are a... I wouldn't say we're a beer-centric podcast, but we our teams sometimes drive us to that, <laughs> uh, especially if you get foreod by the jackets. Sorry, a little, a little blow.
1: A little, get, you got foreod by uh, the Islanders, and just uh, so. Uh, so uh, I just, uh, just want to give
0: a just want to give a quick shout out to my esports team. We are on to the finals. Uh, natural talent, let's go! And a quick shout out to the LG Solar Bears. Good luck in your playoffs, Solar Bear Army. Uh, that's that's basically it for today so we'll be back i think next week with dps the final one try to wrap it up hopefully a little bit more on target next week we're gonna get back into hockey talk i think next week primarily um and we'll start having guests again soon like i said but that's about it for today so uh as they say in hockey let's do that hockey and we'll see you next time